Welcome to Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm Dave D'Agostino. I'm here with my co-host and star of the show, Sal Merrill And we're here with the hot corner with Coach Sal. What do you think of those tunes coming out, Sal? Uh, I, I don't know. You keep going into the cliche machine to pull out those those uh, bumper songs. That's pretty good. I'm an, I'm an 80s baby. Rocky III is, is a staple in my, you know, in my DVD, love, my DVD thing. about Survivor is that guy from Survivor was the voice of those uh, real men of genius that Bud, I believe it was a Bud Light campaign. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he, uh, my brother got to be friendly with him. My brother lives in Westchester in New York, and uh, he lives locally, and he run, he would run into him, I think, at sporting events. And, uh, yeah, he became like a music producer and did commercials and stuff. And so that's that guy that did those great, those great commercials, those real men of genius. Um, for Bud Light, that's the lead singer from Survivor. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I uh, love all the Rockies except Rocky Five. Not a big was it Rocky? Yeah, Rocky Five. Not a big fan of that one. They could have skipped that one. Which one was that with Tommy Morrison? Yeah, Tommy the Tommy the Gun. Tommy, Tommy Gun. Gun. Yeah, that yep. was. They they had gone to the well once too often there. That was brutal. That was brutal. But uh, today we're here, episode one twenty eight, with the hot corner, and uh, we've had some some good showings. We're up over. 12,600 subscribers now. Make sure people, you know, download, listen, like, subscribe, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, Facebook, I'm doing, answering questions every morning. We had a hundred and I think it was 170 plus questions this morning. And I got back to everybody and posted one online for people to see. So uh, what do we got for us them in store today, Sal, with the hot corner? Well, you know what, Dave, it's as if, uh, you know, they're following a script for us. There was a, you know, in, in what we've talked about, about this lack of proficiency and lack of competency and how we have a false sense of confidence. It's amazing to me these stories keep coming out. There was a story uh, after we did the show last week about how the Navy is dropping a lot of their fitness assessments. Uh, They are eradicating uh, the, the test failures for the active duty sailors because they are having such a bad, uh, such a hard time uh, making their numbers, attracting recruits that they've dropped all of the failures for their fitness tests in the past. And this is again, in the face of what they're blaming. It's it's really ridiculous. It's actually sad. Uh, The comment from uh, a rear admiral says, this is a direct quote. We don't want to punish sailors because gyms were closed during the pandemic. Uh, To me, that's the most ridiculous statement or as ridiculous of a statement as somebody could make that they're going to blame the fact that gyms were closed during the pandemic as if there was no other place that you could get fitness or get fit, I should say, stay fit, but the gym. It's just a sorry state. And we've talked about before how the uh, military used to drive phys ed in the country and it would trickle down into the school systems. And, and now we're seeing that I think we had a trickle down and the trickle back up is we've gotten into a position where we have such poor conditioning by our general population that we can't get people into the military. My, my head is spinning right now. It's about to explode with, with that article. I know you, you, you preset me a little bit, but I've got questions on. So just for our audience, just so they can get level set, some of the standards for fitness for the Navy are what? 
Well, you know what? I'm not familiar with specifically. I know entrance-wise for the academies, there is a battery of, of tests you have to perform under certain circumstances. You have to be a certified professional to even report this information. I've done that in my career. And it's yeah. changed. It's it's changed over the years. Minor, and now I, I haven't had a new candidate in a while, so I'm not sure how it's changed. But I know from some of my former athletes who went through the academy, once you're in, they severely cut back on what the requirements were. And I, I think we talked about this last week. They've done away with the pull-up requirement yeah. in uh, – in, in for women. And, I'll, you know, when I was reading this, Dave, another thing came to mind. So one of my many attempts at a, another project or an, a, another business avenue was we wor worked with this organization that was looking for a program to prepare candidates for fire departments around the country. And the I'll give you a real quick Cliff Notes version of this story. What it used to be like 10 to 12 years ago, there were so many candidates for these fire department jobs that the local departments didn't care about trying to help these candidates pass the initial fitness evaluation you needed to pass to be able to get into the uh, firefighting jobs. And, and this is across the country. There's a standardized I believe its acronym is FITS, but I'm, I, I could be wrong. It's been a while since I looked at it. But what happened over the time of, let's say, a decade, they went from more candidates than they needed to the point where they cannot get candidates to pass any fitness assessment to get in. So they went from a point where they had unbelievable amounts of candidates. They didn't care. They didn't need to help them. So they're at the point now, the last discussion we had was probably a year ago, they were paying outside vendors to help people pass the entrance exam, the physical entrance exam to become a firefighter. Wow, that's, uh, it's, it's saddening. And I, I go back to your, your was it the rationale for lowering the scores or lowering the, the testing? the gyms weren't open. Our entire military system is based on adapting and overcoming, is it not? Yes. I, would, I would hope to think that the perils that these young men and women are going to face in battle or even in preparation for battle are going to be far greater than where do I work out because the gym's closed. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad. And, you know, I saw a couple of mean memes. One was, it was, it was referenced to D-Day and you had a kid young man with a mask hiding behind a couch. And basically there was some blur, uh, some, uh, the comment was afraid of a virus. And then it was juxtaposed with a picture of the guys in the transport waiting to get off on the beach on D-Day and, you know, comparing the risks and, you know, making that stark comment of, you know, we have people now afraid of this virus that, how are we going to ever overcome real adversity? And I think we could go down that avenue. That's really not what the show's about, but I think we could be safe to say that we're in big trouble if we ever have to rally and do what we did back then. Yeah, it's frightening. I just I just got a text on the Naval Academy Fitness 
requirements. I'm assuming the Navy should be pretty close since yeah. they're putting these guys. So the, the fitness re- the fitness test is we have a young, we have two kids actually that are going to be going to the Naval Academy next year as part of the scholarship programs we run. So they have to do it on two knees, throwing a basketball. Yeah. They have to do pull-ups. Um, they have yeah. to do a, sh- a shuttle run. They have to yeah. do crunches. What's the they shuttle do- run? Is it the 300? It is. You can put that. Um, okay. I'll, I'll get that as we're going. Yeah. They have to do crunches, push-ups, and a one-mile run. And I'll pull up the, the requirement. Uh, if they have the mile, then it's probably a short, a short track, a short course shuttle. They used to, at one point, they did away with the mile, and they had the 300-yard shuttle, which was over a 20-yard course, 25-yard course, which was very difficult because there were more turns. You had it. I mean, anyone out there also, by the way, that's looking for a good diagnostic, a good test for their team, the uh, 300-yard shuttle over a 25-yard course under a minute is a really good test. That it, I believe it was 57 seconds when I was working with some of the guys. Um, so if they have the mile, Dave, that, that shuttle is going to be a short course shuttle. This is a, so it's a total of a 40-yard shuttle run, it says. Yeah, so it's... 30 feet. So it says go on go command. They sprint 30 feet to the turnaround line um, and then touch back. So it's a series of 30 feet uh, runs for a total of 40 yards four times. Yeah. So that's, they have to do that twice. Uh, So they get the rest and they do it again to get a second score. So those are the Naval Academy requirements right now. So how on earth did they curb those back? Well, again, I think they might, have lowered the number. I remember, see with that, with that for people who are not familiar, you had to get a certain point total. So if you were really good in some things, for instance, a lot of guys have a hard time with pull-ups and if they couldn't do them, they were really under the gun to improve enough where if you were doing one or two pull-ups as a male, you really had to kill maybe the mile and, or, some other event, you know, the, the, the two knee throwing basketball is very difficult. Yeah. That was my weakest one. Cause I, I signed at West point at a high school right. to play basketball and baseball. And that was probably my weakest one, ironically. And I was a basketball, yeah, as a player. baseball player. That's interesting. And a basketball uh, player. It's interesting. They kept that. I guess there's some benefit to it. The mile, I think there's nothing really wrong with that. I think there's, you know, the push-up, pull-up. What I remember, again, 54 was the number a lot of guys were going for. It was eight pull-ups. The, and the thing was, if you did well there, the mile time, you could kind of not cruise, but it was less of an issue. If you had a hard time with push-ups and or pull-ups, your mile was brutal. I had a couple of guys that really had a tough time and, and we were able to get it done, but it's, it's tough. Do you know, now, what the I, don't know what, I don't know what the strike point, like what the point totals are anymore. The max mile, I'll, I'll text to see if we can get it before the end of the show. The max mile is 30 minutes. You have to get in an under 30. And yeah, I mean, that's a joke though. I mean, you, you're talking about 30. You can walk it in 30. Yeah. That's Backwards. a joke. That, that wasn't an, I tell, I'll tell you right now, that wasn't an option because I had a female and I believe she had to get it at like eight, eight-ish. And that was a, that's tough. You know, if you're not a track athlete, that's tough. 
to do the mile. Yeah, I, I can't remember mine, but I, you know, as a college athlete, we were running at close to five minute miles um, with our mile run as a point guard in basketball. It was a must with our style. But yeah, it's 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 I'm, it's that bigotry of low expectations. That's the part that kills me. We we can't get stuff in our world right now. Whether it's you know now it's in the military, which frightens me since that those are the people defending our our borders. But we've lowered the entrance level for them so people don't feel bad for failing. Well, but the, but they're also doing it for retention because in, it's even worse, Dave, because you're in the military. So you 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 figure you're doing things in your day to day that require a level of fitness and you can't even pass those tests. That's, that's more frightening, you know, for as bad as it is to think they can't attract enough candidates and the candidates that they get can't pass the test. It's more frightening to think that these active duty folks cannot maintain their fitness while they're under the care of the armed forces. That's horrendous. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, and this, this is starting ASAP. Yeah, this was dated February 17th. On Thursday, this was last Thursday, the United States military. Oh, no, that's today. Yeah, last Thursday. The United States uh, Navy revealed that it would be erasing any physical fitness assessment failures from sailors' records. And I wonder if that'll trickle over into the Army and Navy as well. Well, like I said, they're doing that under the the radar. So uh, my sense is, how bad it is, is they probably were doing that under the radar. And for whatever reason, they have to make that public now. That tells you how bad things are. Yeah. How will this affect? I know there's always been a direct correlation with uh, military to phys ed. Uh, this has got to negatively affect that as well. And how does that trickle into some of the other topics you want to talk about, training kids? Well, the, the the concept of if there, if there is no if these standards go away, which it's we're going that way. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to turn the tide because we have all the markers of trouble. We have obesity is up. Type two diabetes is up. Obesity is now a disease. We're now making excuses for it. We know how to treat obesity. We know the quote cure for obesity and yet we're ignoring it. We're all walking around treating it like it's a disease, prescribing drugs for it. Drug companies are studying, developing more drugs for it. When you treat a symptom, you're never going to eradicate the disease. So that's where we're going. So it's it's not good. It's not a good situation. And it remains to be seen how this will affect sports. What we're seeing in sports is poor training and injury epidemic. I don't think we're going to see sports teams back off of their training. What we're getting is doubling down on crappy training. And my my philosophy has always been if I got into the situation with a team or especially at a, at a program where you have a diverse array of, of sports teams, we're going to get, we're going to, and when I say get rid of, we're going to come, we're going to get rid of the weight room. We're going to throw out everything that we recognize, or that is the status quo in conditioning for sports. And the things we add back have to earn their way back in, have to be proven to be effective. And that would be very difficult for any of the acolytes of this 
beat them up, grind, heavy lifting, weightlifting kind of programs. It's going to be very, be very difficult for these people to justify maintaining and, and keep including those kinds of lifts in this new system. Now, if you want to look at wrestling and football as kind of separate from the rest of the program, I'll give you that. Obviously, weightlifting, weightlifters should be off on their own. They shouldn't be mixed in with sport athletes. And this is not to denigrate anybody. The weightlifters are among the greatest athletes there are. As a matter of fact, my opinion, not my opinion, but other people, people who I listen to, feel we, we've never been as competitive on the international scale in weightlifting because our best athletes are all football, uh, basketball, wrestling, that other countries where weightlifting is their main sport, their best athletes go into it. So some, you know, people who say, I know I've heard it from people, you know, how can, you know, Iran or Turkey or some of these smaller countries be so dominant in, in weightlifting? And it's because they don't have a lot of the other sports, speed and power sports that we do, that take those kids, take those kids out of the mix early on. You know, look at look at a Saquon Barkley. Tell me if he wasn't an Olympic weightlifter. He, he has all the attributes, right, of, of what you would need to be a fantastic world-class weightlifter. But what are those? Player, you know, so that that's kind of where we are. And uh, I would take out the weight room and we would go back to fundamental stuff. I did an Instagram post today and the last couple of the last week or so, I've done some video posts of a young athlete I'm working with that play, is playing all the sports and doing all the things and was working out someplace with weights. But he has a sore knee when he does certain things. His ankles don't work properly. So we're bringing him back to the basic fundamental movements and teaching those. When, when you know, go back to Saquon, what, what about Saquon's body type would make him an ideal weightlifter? Well, I think when you look at the, the height and the, 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 the frame he has, his explosiveness, that's the, that's the, the, those are the attributes of a weightlifter you know he has the you look at his dimensions you look at the, the you know they call it the like the lever arm how thick yeah. his legs are how thick his upper body is how explosive he is that would be those are all attributes that would make him a world-class weightlifter and the fact that we have it's great that we have a lot of choices here but because we do that dilutes a little bit of i guess we could have more top athletes if we reduce the number of sports we had Sure. Uh, and, I, and again, I'm not talking powerlifting. We're, we're talking about deadlifting, squat, bench. I'm talking about the Olymp the Olympic style. Those those athletes are as athletic as any with the explosive power they need to possess, the mental faculty they must have to handle those massive, massive weights. Those are world as world-class top as any other athletes. When I say this is not meant as a slight to the weightlifter, but when I say our football players, we're training our athletes, they're not weightlifters, it would be like if I took that weightlifter and had him out on the field doing sprints and agilities. Yeah. That's that's taking him away from his, his core work for his endeavor. Same thing. So I, I don't mean that as a slight. It's just to point out what you need to train, what you need to train that's specific to your to your endeavor. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. We, uh, you know, and this all started happening, and and not to. I remember back when Pete Rose was playing, he bought a whole bunch of Gold's gyms when 
these athletes started hanging around the gyms a little bit. It is the the weightlifter that influenced the athlete, right? To think, hey, we can skip some steps. We can maybe be a better hitter if we add some muscle instead of getting stronger in the actual sport motion. Right. And and the, the thought is, well, a bench press is going to make me, quote, stronger. So it's going to make me a better hitter or hit the ball, ball further. And that goes back again to your de- your definition of competency or your definition of proficiency is wrong. So if that's what your definition of strength is, what your bench press is or what your squat is, and you're not a power lift or and if you're not a power lifter, then that's the wrong definition. So so you started talking about it and I, I probably do what I usually do, direct you away from your original thought. You were talking about how we should train our kids nowadays. Dad, I'm a dad of four. Obviously, I have a background in, in multiple sports and have my own ideas and thoughts and have the benefit of you every day. Uh, but uh, what, what are the, the regular everyday parent? What should they be doing with their kids? Well, I think we're trying to we have to figure out a way to, to fill the gap that we used to get from free play, which might, you know, you'd probably get kids today laughing at someone who tried to get you to do hopscotch. Hopscotch, uh, hopscotch was a huge part of what I did with my friends. I grew up for a little while in in Queens, which is considered a, a borough. Of, it's a part of New York City and then moved out to the suburbs. But even when I came out here, we had all games that were basically a complex, more complex version of hopscotch that we kind of made up because we spent so much time on our own down at the playground. So that's the, the what we now have in the gyms of these plyometric drills where you're box jumping, which is a whole other boondoggle that we could talk about in another show. Box jumping is another misapplication and it displays how people don't understand the mechanisms we need to be working on to make our athletes better. But we, we're talking about body weight stuff, Dave. So if we go back to the basics of some of the military requirements when they were good, you know, push-ups and pull-ups, fantastic. Real sit-ups, fantastic. Body weight, I mentioned in my posts, body weight squats, body weight lunges, the variety of lunges, split squats, different foot positions, different elevations of both your front and back foot not standing in a squared stance or in a straight line, having your feet angled, working in different directions in different planes. We're a three-dimensional, we work in three-dimensional space. We don't work forward and back or side to side. We have to work in all of these planes in conjunction. So there's a lot of creativity in that. And it's very difficult to coach that. So that's why you don't get it a lot in these phys ed programs. And in these programs, people pay for it to take their kids to these gyms because they can have a rack, they can have 20 racks and have 20 kids and bark out instructions and have them do what they think is good strength work because they're lifting a weight and it really isn't. Yeah. But one it, of the, it's, one difficult. Of the- it's difficult to, it's difficult to fill in that gap, Dave, that's missing from free play and going out to the field and maybe playing baseball for 45 minutes and basketball for a half hour and catch with the football for 20 minutes. Yeah, I you know there was there was a basketball program that was, used to be one of the best in the country, and they had no gym, no home gym as far as where to play. They didn't have a weight room, and when the guys would do things like squats, 
they, you know, to, to build leg strength, they would do body weight stuff, but then they would throw a teammate on their shoulders and do it. Right. Uh, they did push-ups on basketballs. They did jump ropes. Uh, they did all sorts of stuff like that. They, they, didn't, they didn't have anything to move in a weight room because they didn't have a building. And that was St. Anthony's High School, Bob Hurley. They won multiple national championships, countless guys in the pros. But that's why I kind of laugh at the, you know, the, the thing with the Navy because here's a group of high school inner city basketball kids with nothing. No gym. You need a gym to play basketball. They had no home gym. They had no weight room. But they won countless. They won every every state title in New Jersey, and right. then would win you know national championships uh, more often than not. So that's no excuse uh, with well, that. There's we're going to tease a little something for next time, Dave. But there's an article that's written by David Epstein, who is a, a great writer who uh, writes a lot about science and sport. And he did an article, and I'm just going to throw this out there, and we can. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll pick, pick it up and talk about it in a little more detail next week. But he did an article comparing Jesse Owens' performance in the 1936 Olympics with Usain Bolt's world record 100-meter uh, sprint. And it's a very interesting article, and it has some int- – I'm not going to even tell people what it is, but it has some very interesting conclusions about the state of training and, and how much – Really, have we improved from the advent of all this high-level training? So uh, it's definitely something that we're going to talk about next time, and it fits in nicely with what our theme has been so far. Yeah, and I also want to tease this. I, I was I'm proud because I actually gave. I know you've heard of the exercise before, but I gave you an exercise idea. My favorite exercise, the Jefferson curl. Yeah. I know you texted me that you did it, and uh, want to hear next time what your What's your thoughts were on it? If I have to pick one exercise to do it and I only have time to do one, that's my choice every time. Well, that's interesting. And we will definitely talk about that next week as well. Good deal. I know you got to head to a training session now with, with some clients, but I uh, appreciate you spending time with us today. And just for our audience, episode 128, The Hot Corner with Coach Sal. Sal, where can they find you? Uh, I'll be on Twitter at, at Sal Marinello and on Instagram, Coach Sal's Playmakers as well as my Substack, which is Coach Sal M. Substack. Right, and continue to download, listen, like, subscribe to our podcast. You find me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Over 170 questions this morning. I answered all of them. I put one up online every day. Uh, I'll continue to do so until you guys stop sending them. So I appreciate everybody's attention today. Coach Sal with the Hot Corner, Episode 128. Sal, thanks again. Always a great show. Thanks, Dave. Look forward to next week.